0: Welcome back to Money in the Tank episode 32. Uh, it's just Bradles and I today because Jolie has come down with a big case of the man flu, I believe. So, <laughs> rest
1: up, Jolie, rest up.
0: Yeah, the big dog's out of action for a week, but as per our new schedule, which Brad is holding us to, we are doing one recording a week. <laughs> Brain, yeah, and we're gonna time. get better
1: at uploading as well. We're gonna get better at uploading. Oh, yeah know, over the course of the next three months, we've got a lot of uh, good things in store for uh, bringing a bit more structure and uh, hopefully delivering content in a more
0: efficient manner. Mate, there's money in the tank gains across the board in the future. games, games. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Well, we have to do our introduction because you got a special one this week. I don't know if you've got a handy, but I am Arnie, tax professional, and you are
1: I'm, I'm Brad Generalist, but
0: I have an alter ego, which will be coming. <laughs> oh, we're saving it. All right. Yeah,
1: we're saving, saving, <laughs> saving the hat, mate. Saving
0: the expensive, the expensive hat for, <laughs> for later. <laughs> well, sorry, t- today, you and me, we're going to follow our normal routine. So you've got a Rivkin's quote in Jolly's absence, and then we're going to talk about the Australian election briefly, then talk about our investing strategy at the moment, like how we're thinking about the market. Uh, crypto roundup. And then financial news, and then we're going to head into our special segment. So that's basically the new sort of format we're going to stick to, right?
1: It is a news, yeah. So we're just thinking that, um, you know, instead of probably hour-long podcasts, we're going to try and, um, on a weekly basis, kind of focus on one or two kind of major issues. Obviously, the election being the one in the the past week that probably is going to affect the things the most.
0: It's a pretty amazing Uh, issue.
1: Yeah, touch on crypto. Do a bit of a uh, you know, financial uh, turbo update from uh, what's going on around the world. Um, we've got a uh, a secret kind of uh, new one where my alter ego will come in and then a bit of 50 50. So, uh, hopefully, the new format's good. Um, if you've got any kind of comments or uh, feedback. Throw it down in the comments on whatever platform uh, you view it on. And uh, without
0: further ado, yeah, well, I might just mention them at the front front and center just yeah. so we can get in there. So at Money to Tank on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And um, yeah, send us comments or 50 50 suggestions or anything you want to talk about. Indeed. Okay. Well, without Election. further ado, no, no, no Rivkin. Oh, Rivkin, mate. Sorry. What's the question? it? bad for us?
1: Just jumping into the elections. Excited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so have you got one or am I getting one?
1: I've got one.
0: Yeah, go on. He, he um, if, you were,
1: if you wish to be successful in life, choose an appropriate mentor.
0: That is a great... That's a great Rifkin's Rules quote. I feel yeah, like- I mean,
1: I've got to say, like, during my career, especially early on in my career, um, but even later on, um, in the startup world, uh, mentors, I mean, they just help you... Uh, Jump ahead, I would say, from whatever you're doing yourself. You're not make mistakes. Um, be aware of what's out there. Execute on things you didn't even realise were around you. Um, so, I mean, for for the man Rifkin, that one was pretty uh, rock pretty solid compared to some of his other quotes.
0: <laughs> I also feel like it applies in any aspect in life. Like, yeah, that's career, well. Yeah, yeah, just mentors. Get them where you can. It doesn't have to be a formal mentor. And it doesn't need,
1: that's a thing. Uh, it doesn't yeah. need to be a formal mentor, mate. It's just basically, you know, whether it's, you want to learn how to swim better. You've got some relationship stuff or whatever. There's always someone in your life that can probably.
0: Uh, well, uh, yeah, like you've been a mentor to me. I hope I've been one to you. And so with yeah, all of our friends and like colleagues and stuff. So, anyway, that's a good one. Since 13,
1: mate. Since 13. So, uh, that's,
0: a, that's a good one from Rufkin. Not bad, Rufkin. Well, it's Joe. Joe, you go first and we'll have a think about like, I know we've been reading a few music articles about how we think a Labour government will. Um, shape the future for australians so yeah what have you been thinking also read
1: obviously pre-voting policy documents um yeah so look i I think you know we're still figuring out i think as of yesterday afternoon i haven't updated myself as of this morning but um we're still determining whether it's going to be a minority or majority yeah kind of labor-led government but i think with the greens and with the independents um the teals and this looks like it's going to be a six independent um you know the focus is not going to be on necessarily anything game changing like you know financial deregulation or you know, depegging of the australian dollar or stuff like that it's going to be definitely focused on i'd say like two things um one is supply chain um fixing i guess our supply chain issues um yeah. taking the lessons from kind of globalization and let's just say pre covid pre russian ukraine um, around kind of revitalising the industrial industry here. Um, and then, obviously, there's the increase of 5.1%. I think they've gone to fair work yesterday um, for the minimum wage to try and keep the minimum wage in line with inflation and, and kind of start to increase. I think the figures were about, you know, growth under labour. Over the, that decade, it was like 3.1% average and then under... Coalition was about one point seven, so wages have kind of fallen.
0: It stagnated behind, for a while, yeah. Stagnated
1: for a while. Um, and so I guess the big one, the big one for me in terms of kind of for the for the tankers, um, is there's a fifteen billion dollar reconstruction they're calling it fund, with hopefully another fifteen or thirty billion, um, coming in and with private government partnerships. Um, it's going to be kind of focused on like providing loans. Um, guarantees and equity to support projects um, to drive kind of regional development, renewables, um, investing in our national kind of you know sovereign capability. Going back yeah. to that kind of protecting, protecting nation and diversifying our economy. Um, and I think that there is is going to be the the big one because targeting you know mining improvements, new minerals, um, the ability to process minerals yeah. here, rare earths. Um, you know, medical science, defence, agri. Yeah, better, um,
0: so, better infrastructure and more investment in those things that will, like, solidify us as a nation and into the future.
1: Exactly. And I think it's it's around kind of unlocking because, I mean, there's big investments coming forward, even MBN, yeah, um, and, and getting that to where it needs to be. And so I would say there's probably been a lack, you know, pers- this is a personal opinion. Yeah. Um, I think there's been a lack in um, strategic infrastructure Projects and support in Australia over the last decade. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we had the coalition come in and and change the mix up of MBN, and the final cost ended up still being ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we've got this kind of, you know, mixed mixy bag, and we can thank Turnbull for that one. Um, And then just in our overall kind of industrialization, I wouldn't say, you know, that's on the coalition in terms of um knowing that like covid and this kind of world's coming up i mean it kind of stuck up on the whole world really i mean there's people obviously calling out the dynamic nature of what's coming up and the rest of it but really countries should be any country should be investing in this infrastructure because that's where you get your roi yeah um, for sure and I think, benefits. so yeah that's my my take on it you've, um, you've
0: hit the good macro <laughs> you've, hit, you've hit the good macro issues there mate and i think um the platform that I remember, both of them running on, aside from climate change, right, and you mentioned that there'll be infrastructure spend in renewables, which we all hope to see, and I know personally I hope to see a bit of a change in policy around nuclear energy. I hope that in- investment gets put in that space as well for, from an Uh-oh. environmental perspective, but from a more of a micro perspective about the budget and the tankers and everyday Aussies, I know that the big three issues were childcare, which is one close to my heart. Which is coming
1: in, obviously.
0: Yeah, yep. well, they, they, all had a, they all had a policy for it, so did Liberal, right, but... Um, say it's say it's a labour majority government and they can do what they want to do straight away, which I actually think that even if they have to deal with the crossbench, they'll, they'll be sympathetic to these issues. But it was... Uh, child-
1: if your independence, Teals, I mean, five out of the six, possible six independents are very intelligent females from kind of capital cities who are career-driven and understand kind of this. Well,
0: the, the, the main issues in this election were, like, again, so childcare, health and housing, aside from climate change, which is the number one issue, right? Mm. But if you think about those three issues across liberal labor independence, everyone's going to try and do something to ease the cost of living in those areas. And I know that the labor government has said on those three issues, I think with the childcare one, they were talking about raising the subsidy up to 90%. Uh So I'm 100% in support of that policy, even though it's obviously going to cost the government where they're going to get the dollars from. Healthcare, I know they said that on the pharmaceutical benefits scheme, they were going to uh, cap the price at $30. Previously, it was 42.50 was the cap of the large, like that's the most you could pay for a script. Now they're gonna reduce that, I guess, by twelve dollars fifty per script for those really expensive. Um
1: which to everybody having lived in the US for five years and paid eleven hundred US dollars a month for insurance, um, I was still for some medication paying up to three, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars for some medication. So just it's, kind of how it, good we've got it here. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: we are like I I am very like not that I um I can see I can see the pros and cons of both governments, but I feel like when we've got a Labor government, you generally see a strengthening in those social policies, and that's one we can be thankful for. And the last one, which was housing, which they both had very unique takes on, and the Liberals kind of got slammed for this because they were talking about, you know, drawing from super for a deposit, and people were saying, well, that's just dumb because it's inflationary, like you're just going to pump the prices up. Labor has a different one, and I'm not sure if it's dumb or smart at the moment, so I'm going to reserve my judgment. But it's and I've got some notes here. So that, now uh, bear with me I just read these quickly Brad So yeah, it's, a, it, it's called the help to buy scheme uh, The government will contribute 40% to the cost of a new home And 30% for an existing home To qualify individuals have to earn less than 90000 a year Or 120000 if you're a couple combined And there would also be a cap on the property's value based on location So it's still in the early days And I, I feel like there's a lot of ambiguity around There's a lot market. of
1: ambiguity there
0: yeah, yeah. And, oh, and also, sorry, they're going to cap it at 10,000 places a year. So it's not open like free-for-all, like once the 10,000 a year are done, if you're eligible, then you've got to wait till next year or get yourself on a list. So...
1: I think the cap's the key. Yeah. Um, because I'm actually not... This is just, again, personal opinion. Um, and everyone's screaming out there going, okay, well, you've got a house and the rest of it. Um, actually, I don't. I've never actually purchased my own property. Um and, I mean, I mean, living one with my wife, but it was hers before, <laughs> before, <laughs> uh, before I came along. So, I, I mean, I could, I could still go out there and uh, get my first home buys. But um, I, anything that's inflationary towards housing, I understand the affordability issue. Um, but I'm a big fan of markets kind of coming along and, you know, playing their part in that. And we've had never-ending growth in this area. Um, and I think that anything that comes along that is going to be inflationary. Now I do. I mean, we're talking about ninety thousand dollars as an individual, one hundred and twenty as a a couple. Yeah. Um, so we're we're probably talking. If you look at average wages or medium wage in Australia at the moment, I think uh, let's have a look really really quickly before I. Uh, I think the
0: average is around. Like last time I checked, I think it was around eighty five. But that's. A lot higher than the median. I think the median was like fifty.
1: Yeah, that's because it's the difference, right? So the average. Um, here you go. Average selling in Australia one hundred and five thousand for public and ninety four thousand for private. But if so you, you throw the word median in there, <laughs> yeah. which the is really what uh, what we should be going towards. Um, what are we looking at? You'd think that it would just show up really really quickly.
0: You think it will? Uh,
1: so I think medium's around 62.
0: Yeah, so that's a huge discrepancy between the average. Obviously, the top end's dragging it up a lot. but um... The medium, I mean,
1: even the medium, if you have two people on the medium wage, um, yeah. I mean, you're roughly going to be coming in at that 120. It's a lot of... I mean, I know it's capped at 10,000, yep. which is probably the key factor, but um, there could be some uh, inflationary pressure there, which then again only kind of refuels this, because if this scheme ends up... Getting kind of, you know, put to the side or whatever it may be in years to come, then you're just going to have a new generation of people with exactly the same problems trying to get into the housing market. So just look, that's personal yeah, opinion. And not, I don't own any property, so therefore, like, I can be a little bit more sceptic on
0: you know, prices going down. I'm a sceptic of this policy. I can see merit in it. It's kind of reminds me of Hex. Like, I think it could be a good thing, but it's also... I also wonder about the implications of the government earning 40% of your property and, you know, what happens if the people, for whatever reason, can't service it, then the government's just owning all this property. What do they do with it? How do they dispose of it? So anyway, it's like something we can put on the back burner, interesting policy to watch, but that's one that will impact uh, everyday Australians. And the, uh, the final one I wanted to mention was Labor has committed to proceeding with the tax cuts that were put in place by the Liberal government. So that will mean um, yeah. Aussies earning between 40000 and $200,000 a year, are going to face the same marginal tax rate of 30%. So
1: just really, really quickly for the tankers, if you want to go and uh, and we might do a uh, one of the videos on this one, actually, Arnie, uh, yeah. that we're talking about, because we are looking to put out uh, some kind of, you know, more explanatory topics um, or little quick bits that we think are, uh, are interesting. Yeah. Um, if you want to go on, if anybody's interested out there about how to possibly what what are options in solving the housing crisis and ensuring those that want a house can get a house, um, just a little bit above Australia is a, a place called Singapore. Uh, I think they're up to about seven million people now, and um, have a look into their HBS um, system because it's it's quite a it's quite a, it's probably the world most successful um, public housing um, public housing. Um, schemes out there so um, yeah have a look at it might do, a, might do a topic on it
0: well that's i reckon that's pretty good wrap-up of the election and i yeah. guess as a, as a as a nice little segue you know we can talk about what where our outlook is for investment over the next i don't know six to twelve to eighteen months in yeah. australia let's keep, and also... six, let's
1: keep it six to twelve it's yeah, getting,
0: getting a little bit out there i mean i always <laughs> try and look for the view i so mean long-term. i do five ten years because
1: i'm a long-term yeah. investor but
0: yeah. I know things are subject to change so and it's all general in nature this is not financial advice but it's uh we
1: will yeah. say that about 100 times during this podcast we all it's like <laughs> it's,
0: it's become a bit of a joke at this point in general nature it's a good segue because also obviously and this is impossible to tell which way it's going to go but mm. the stock market in Australia and wherever else is affected by the election so um we can sort of have a think about what we're thinking about doing and yeah how, how are you placed like where, what are your thoughts at the moment Brad on the market and how are you choosing to invest or are you sitting in cash? What are you doing?
1: What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, so for the takes, I think you might like last week or the week before, I think I may have um kind of mentioned. Actually, before I dive in, um, can yeah. I get the screen? I just want to share
0: Certainly one can.
1: thing quickly.
0: I'll make you the host. Thank you, sir. Go ahead, my friend.
1: Thank you. So I just got uh, just... For those that are actually visually watching us, unfortunately, uh, those on kind of Spotify and stuff, I'll try and read it
0: out. No, Spotify is this video now, mate. We're all good to
1: go. Show oof, oof. Rogan bringing video to Spotify. <laughs> um, here are the All All's performance in lead up to and after.
0: Can you zoom Let in, you in should... a tiny bit on that, mate? Yeah, I
1: can, I can zoom in a bit more. Oof.
0: Good man. That? That's, yeah, that's nice.
1: How's that? Not bad. Better than uh, us trying to do pitches the other week. Got it all, <laughs> got it all sorted this time.
0: Big gains. Gains across the <laughs> pond.
1: Gains every week. Um, and so, look, you know, you're looking at, let's just go back to 2001. Coalition wins 3.4% five weeks up to election. And three months after in the honeymoon period, 5.4%. 2004, coalition again, 3.1, 9.9 increase. ALP comes in. I mean, 2007 wasn't... GFC, yeah. (laughs) 2007, not the nicest time. Uh, Minus 1.8 and then minus 11.7. LP comes in again, 0.6 and 5.7. And then uh, coalition, coalition, coalition. And, you know, between 0.9 and uh, minus 2.6 and 1.8. And then between minus 1 and uh, 0.4. So, look, I mean, generally speaking, um, depending on what's going on in the world, obviously plays always into these... uh, into these things. But yeah. there's always, I mean, the, the average that I um, kind of read was around 4.1% um, in the three months following an election due to kind of a bit of a, a golden haze. Um, but my own kind of could we are we have got world events and I'm a big world event kind of geopolitical economic yeah. person. Uh, I spend way too much time probably putting my head into that stuff. But uh, look, I, um, I have divested probably 80 to 90% of my portfolio while I was in Malibu uh, about three weeks ago um, as I was driving in a car with a friend over there and um, along the, the Pacific coast highway. And um, he was asking me, you know, what should he be doing at the moment? And I, mm-hmm. I gave him some advice. And then the next day we'll drive on the same road. And I went, Hey, if I'm saying that to you, <laughs> why, aren't, why don't I do Do I believe in my own kind of, you know, theories and look, where I am at the moment is, um, I think we are in a time of multiple crises. Yeah. So you know we've got the food crisis. Um, we've got
0: supply chain supply
1: chain crisis, inflation crisis, we've got geopolitical crisis, we've got globalization crisis.
0: Got literal war on the. On um, yeah, we've got
1: globalization crisis of um, you know supply shocks and the rest of it. Um, there's a number of uh, you know technologies replacing humans. We've got labor shortages yeah. in- as well, like around people. Um, you know, one-fourth of the American workforce, um, I heard this stat yesterday, quit work.
0: Um, during COVID.
1: During COVID. And at the moment, like Starbucks, for instance, is running at 50% of what their workforce should be in the wow. US, even though they've got $15 minimum wage. So at the moment, I think there's a, there's a whole lot of crises. Mm. <laughs> and I think, you know, if I was... Investing, I also I also like to kind of invest at not times if everything's perfect and rosy as well. Um, but I think there's so much uncertainty in the future, and I know the growth stocks have come off. Um, obviously, being in, in that world um, due to kind of interest rates going up, and we covered that on the last uh, on the last podcast. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I know that inflation's there. Um, I'm watching inflation because obviously, if inflation just keeps going and going and going and going Um, I've probably got to look at some alternative investments, Um, whether it's back into crypto, whether it's gold, whether it's, you know, some defensive stocks, um, whatever it may be. But at this moment, I'm I'm willing to kind of take a bit of a hit on my cash Um, and I'm sitting on the sidelines for the moment um, watching basically where where markets and some of these crises go. Um, And I've got kind of like a three-month cycle that I work on. So I generally look at the end of March um, I sat down with another one of our friends, Michael Horman, and, uh, and kind of look at the next three months and go, is it the right time to start dipping my toe into the market? Yeah. Right? I'm a big fan of um, kind of you know, DCA, not trying to find the bottom because no one knows where the bottom or the top is. Um, but I am a fan of like, you know, not dumping all my money in thinking, okay, I've found the bottom. It's kind of like, do I believe that these are the right variables there?
0: Yeah. And so
1: over the next three months, coming up to the end of June, I'm just sitting pretty just like this with my money on the side and i'm happy to take a bit of a uh a hit um so give me give it,
0: me a percentage like what do you what do you invested percentage wise and what are you waiting percentage wise like how yeah I- so at
1: the moment i've only probably got 10 15 of my money in invested. the markets okay um and really they're in so a little bit in crypto um but not in your traditional crypto assets um like bitcoin or ethereum um I actually kept – I didn't sell down my stakes in a few things. Um, XRP, because I'm only in there. Look, I'm a gambler. So, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only reason
1: I'm really in XRP is um, larger because of the SEC's court case and the uh, risk way to return that I believe versus them winning or not. So, there's yeah. more of like a a, um, a bet on sports bet than, than anything else. <laughs> I've actually bought – the only thing that I've bought actually this quarter more of – is cardano yeah um reason being after luna failed i went bullish on cardano for the reason that they're kind of the opposite of what luna was where luna was like fast let's get everything done let's basically take over the whole crypto world yeah yep. ada has been always kind of shunned um for being methodical slow well thought out white papers by like very, very smart people in the world for every change they do.
0: Yeah.
1: And so they're kind of like you slowly but surely versus kind of the rabbit. And after kind of Luna went down and and look, out of all, all crypto over the last kind of, let's just say, three weeks, yeah. four weeks, AIDA has actually performed in the top 10, um, performed the best. So, I mean, that's, that's it on the crypto side. And then I'm in resource stocks. So... I've kept, I didn't divest, um, I've divested everything in my equity portfolio, um, all my growth, everything. Um, obviously, hold private shares in my startup, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the which I'm looking to kind of divest probably 10% at the moment um, yeah. on the secondary market um, to just create some liquidity and keep more cash on the side. But in the traditional equity markets, um, divested everything except for a lithium, some lithium plays um, and oil and gas. Um, Because I believe that oil and gas and my lithium and my gold stocks, I should say, um, are going to probably continue to
0: outperform for the next couple couple
1: of years. Now, I don't want to put more money into those because I just, again,
0: The price is up up on those. The price
1: is up um, across the board. I mean, a dollar, I mean, oil yesterday was like 110, I think it was, um, for Ben Crude. And so um, I kept those, um, haven't really added to those positions. Just kind of kept them, so that's kind of where I am at the moment. Um, and then kind of would will look again in uh, at Q3 or Q1 new financial year, if you want to call it that. Here I'll give Australia.
0: you, I'll give you my thoughts, and mm, we're obviously do, we're in a different we're in different mindsets. Um, yeah, I wish I was more in your mindset because I've stayed. I haven't stayed all in, uh, in fully invested. I'm probably at the moment my my percentages are probably twenty percent in cash, sixty percent invested in equities, very small amounts in crypto in shibs still like
1: and luna well, and
0: 12 cents of luna um but and, and i've also got this other part of my portfolio which is when i say 60 percent equities i guess you could call it 80 percent. but there's this one chunk my largest holding which was actually my biggest disappointment of 2021 but it's actually kind of turned into a bit of a boon in 2022 in a way and i'll explain why and it's psdh so it was the SPAC that i invested in did a few videos about in fact because i was pretty excited when they announced the business combination with Universal Music Group, but that deal got nixed by the SEC. And the timing on that SPAC runs out in July this year or something like that. So it's looking like it's going to dissolve and I will get the net asset value of the shares back, so.
1: So it's like that, that um, not uh, forecasted boom, which the, the, yeah, underlying, was- the underlying assets worth. Reason more than the price.
0: Well, the reason I say it's a boon is it's still a loss for me in terms of like I think my cost basis on those shares were about it's just under $24, right? Mm. So and I'm, I'm getting after costs, which I don't know if they're going to cop the costs or they're going to pass it through to the people who hold the shares, but it's a net asset value of $20 a share. So what i what I mean by it's a boon is I've got this an extra pile of cash coming back to me very shortly. And it's That's basically wild. It's, well, yeah, and it's doing better than inflation as well. So, it's, and you know, so what I mean is like, there hasn't been there hasn't been a bigger loss on that net asset value, and cash is just losing value day by day. And as you mentioned, there's got i um, the return of capital tax implications, so that will help with any gains. So I did sell some stuff last yeah. year, so I'll be able to offset those gains with my losses. But yeah, the, the final thing I want to mention with that is they are also they try to give rights to a special purpose acquisition rights company through the New York Stock Exchange, that also got mixed, And I think they're still gonna try and do it over the counter. Now over the counter, it's grimy, it's dirty. There's a lot of value associated with it, but I'm still getting hopefully a free option out of this for the next company that they find their hedge funds on. So what am I doing with my mate at the moment? The only thing I've added to in recent times, and I'll give Hori another shout out, two shout outs in the one pod, but oh. Hori and I are invested in this penny stock miner, which is also a bit of a gamble. You might be in it as well, Brad. And they recently did a, uh, a capital raise. So they issued, um, you know, yeah, the option to buy shares and then oversubscribe and then also options attached to those shares. So I did um, subscribe for another- What was the
1: penny stock minor?
0: Uh, I'll shout it out. General nature, not financial advice. It's MGT. Ax, so it's magnetite mining.
1: Ah, oh, I don't know. I like, is, is it? I know magnetite because so I'll used to be invested, you know, ten years in a bunch of uh, African plays in magnetite. Is it in Africa?
0: No, no, magnetite oh. at the moment. WA, South Australia. Oof. Yeah, it's got. There's a, a Razorback mine in. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, in South Australia. So that's very I mean, important mineral
1: for those tankers out there. If you want to look into magnetite.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm in. I'm into that one at the moment, and uh, yeah, so that's the only thing I've really put money towards because you know, that opportunity popped up. But what am I thinking about getting into? I've got that cash waiting on the side. And mm-hmm. if and if the PSDH money comes back, and like I mentioned in the last pod, I am looking at very safe, secure businesses that have great cash flow and low debt. And the main one that pops out to me is Facebook at the moment. Yeah. And also, if Tesla keeps drilling, I'll probably add to that too. But because uh, that's also a cash flow machine. But we'll the only thing
1: is when you're investing in uh, international stocks, tankers, remember your FX plays on that yeah, so obviously right. we're sitting I think 71 cents on the dollar which is around the long term average um, that if you want to kind of play long term averages um, but just remember to take into you know uh, a bit of research into FX and where the where currency markets because you could uh, theoretically be up 10-20% in a a value stock and then, you know, the FX swings 25% the other way and uh, you can, but hey, look, you're not playing international markets. So.
0: At, at the moment, that is you know, the opposite way. Like at the moment, even though the market is broadly tanking overseas in America, if you hold American stocks, the US dollar is up massive against most currencies. So it's australia has fond- gone from like,
1: 76 to 71. So I mean, yeah, it's offsetting
0: know, those losses a little bit. So
1: 100%. And I think um, the only thing I'll touch on there, and I think it's really, really important um, for tankers to kind of, when you're looking at investment decisions and not just kind of look at them through the one lens. And that's why, you know, sometimes the professional help out there, um, you know, the likes of Jolly and the rest of it are uh, uh, like financial planners um, is great is that, you know, I wouldn't have sold down my entire crypto portfolio, for instance, mm. um, if I didn't have a large gain on selling some secondary last year to fund my lifestyle. And so Looking at you know, I returned to Australia in December, and um, I looked into the kind of with my accountant the Australian laws around assets and crypto, and it was whatever the price was as of December first. Yeah, and so you know that became kind of my cost base. Um, and December first, crypto was quite high. <laughs> Let's just say it was fifty nine thousand dollars Bitcoin. Yeah, and so that taking into account where the market was create allowed me to create a loss that wasn't as big of loss as actually the loss was um, due to my actual cost base, but in as an Australian tax resident um, allowed me. So sometimes take into account kind of, you know, your tax offsets, what other money you've made that year and the rest of it. And that's why we generally see May being a year, uh, you know a month um, traditionally on the markets as being a bit of a down month because a lot of people are just selling off things to kind of balance out know, their portfolio. So I just uh, want to wrap up with that before we kind of move on, Arnie. Yeah,
0: Anything and guess, else on that one? Well, I was going to say, like, Mentioning FX is very important, and I feel like it's something that investors don't track well. So get yourself a bit of software that can track it. And I use ShareSite, uh, the free version. It's great. So uh, well, check that out if you need to manage that kind of um, part of your portfolio. Because it, yeah. it is something that's forgotten, and it's an important part.
1: I mean, look, um, FX allowed, we were invested into, as US dollars, as HammerTech back in 2019, yeah. Um. and me and the CFO, I mean, look, FX is that thing that no one actually knows what's going to happen. So let me just put my hand up, first of all. So that, same,
0: same with the markets in general. But, uh, you know,
1: when we took on that money, um, I, at the time, believed that US dollars was going to be stronger than AUD. Um, yeah. And so we took we took it on uh, 80% USD, 20% AUD. Yeah. Um, and then the Australian dollar dropped down to about 55 cents. Mm. I think during 2020 or late 2019, somewhere around
0: there. During the crash, it was very I think it was low.
1: 2020, so March or April, I think it was. Yeah, and yeah. Um, at that point in time, we decided to uh, move about 80% of our US dollars into Australian dollars. Smart. And then I appreciate up. And so we're, we you know, inadvertently by kind of just tracking FX markets and looking at the economic wins and what's coming up and thinking has it been oversold. You know, I think we added about 40%, 30% to... Uh,
0: Mate, that's to, a brilliant trade. Just, just mm, shout out. Look, with, it doesn't happen
1: all the time. Pat hey, yourself
0: on the back, though. I, uh,
1: I've got to say, two out of two um, <laughs> felt pretty good. But again, that's that's what FX is. I mean, again, it's a no one, as my mate says, uh, in Singapore, who uh, knows a bunch of FX traders. Anybody that tells you know, they know where it's going, tell them they're
0: dreaming. Um, so so, so a, little, let's do a yeah, let's do a quick crypto roundup. Yeah, quick roundup. Oh, look, the
1: um, the key things here are. There's been, um, so, you know, I was about ADA before, some key kind of things there. Um, it's been adding another 2,000 um, ADA accounts, um, active ADA accounts uh, a week during the last three months when a lot of the other crypto have been going backwards. Um, so a lot of kind of people have been going, um, you know, from probably Luna and stuff into ADA um, as, a, as, a, as a safer passage. Um, its total lot has gone up by about 14% over the last three months. Um, they recently did one of the biggest kind of, um, you know, IPOs, but on the ADA, so ISOs on the actual ADA platform, raised about 110 million um, US um, wow. to fund more development in that area. Um, and, you know, so for for me, like on on kind of as, as top 10 coins go, the best performing one just to kind of put out there at the moment. In terms of stability, so I'm not talking about, you know, price performance i'm just talking about like those metrics that actually are meaningful i think they've got 900 they release. released i think they're up to about 950 now the apps on there continually increasing and so just kind of one out there if you want to do some research on again i'm not i'm not a uh, you know general advice i'm not saying it's going to it's not it's not going to uh, you know it's not going to moonshine it's you know, it's just kind of if you are looking at crypto and possible good buys at the moment it's sitting about 50 cents us um and i think kind of again, out of the top 10, that's kind of where I'll be putting my money. Um, other news, Tether, which has had a very uh, roller coaster history of, um, it's a biggest stable coin by far. And there's yep. been numerous articles put out over the last kind of two, three years about, you know, these SEC lawsuits, there's been, um, you know, white papers put out against them on Medium. There's been a whole bunch of stuff. Somehow they haven't kind of been taken out yet, but, um, Around because they're uh, not an algorithmic stablecoin, they're actually supposed to be a one-for-one backed US dollar or denominated um, instruments of the US dollar um, backed one-to-one with stablecoin. And so therefore, you know, if you take out hundred billion, you should have hundred billion dollars just sitting there and supposedly the accountants and audit reports every three months and transparency, but <laughs> they're about as transparent as a brick, in my opinion. Um, they've had over the last week 10 billion dollars of withdrawals wow so what's this space because it's never happened before in their whole entire um lifetime of the asset has never had anything like i think the maximum withdrawals like is in net withdrawals mm. is about 1 billion and so there's a lot of um there's a lot of i guess interest or testing is this going to be the next lunar in terms of people actually testing it um, I'll just say watch this watch this space in in, in regards to uh, Tether because Tether's market cap at the moment, again, I don't want to uh, just view out something, but let me just uh, get there market you're cap trying to
0: spread, You're trying to spread some FUD right now?
1: Yeah. So, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. No FUD at all. Uh, market is $73 billion, So it's about four times what, uh, three times what um, uh, Luna's little. kind of, you know, Terra Um uh, stable stablecoin was um i would yeah just kind of you know if we if we're doing a quick crypto roundup i would uh just be careful if you're sitting in Tether and maybe move over to the you know the gold standard, in my opinion, which is USDC.
0: No, um, mate. Everyone's got to move over. General of nature, not financial advice, but the safe haven is SHIB. You know, SHIB, no worries.
1: I'm <laughs> sure about that general advice in nature. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, as we sit here today, US dollars, I mean, Bitcoin, sitting around 29805 And personally, I would not be touching anything yeah. in that market at the moment. That's I mean. general...
0: Except- I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the dip on Shib.
1: <laughs> Shib, Shib to the moon. Um, so that's my uh, quick, quick crypto roundup. Um, yep. Again, I don't want to uh, spend more time on something that um, there's only a couple of bits of real kind of news. It's basically just been going sideways for a bit. Well,
0: let's just, let's, uh, let's Shib-
1: go into the roundup of uh, financial news.
0: And, can I, uh, can I jump in with my first, with the first one because it's my favorite. Yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to uh, Twitter user at Botticelli Bimbo the rest. <laughs> Reverse Cowgirl 69 has tweeted out and has gone viral. The strip club <laughs> the strip club is sadly a leading indicator. And I can promise you all we're in a recession.
1: <laughs> hey, look, if any of you saw the big short yeah. and remembered when they went to Vegas and the sign that the housing market was overcooked was when you had strip club personnel. owning four to five houses, um, it was a leading indicator for them. And that was a true leading indicator, right? Um, And so uh, Reverse Cowboys 69, uh, which has gone viral, uh, stating that discretionary spending... um, That's gone down. She's not I getting
0: think, the dollar dollar bills. She's, she's not, not getting the
1: dollar rain. dollar bills. So, uh, <laughs> it rain. so
0: it's like, but I thought that was where a funny financial news round, no, no. round. Uh financial,
1: I mean it's good roundup, Arnie. Uh, you know, good. do you know
0: what though? Like in all seriousness, it's now making me pay attention to the ticker Rick R-I-C-K, which is like a strip club owner. So just keeping an eye on their price uh in the near future. But um <laughs>
1: That's great. I'm actually gonna add that to my yeah, have a look and, Put and, on and everybody's uh, we're not joking
0: i'm not uh, joking either. I'm seriously so looking at the i look browser. at yeah.
1: i look at probably 10 to 15 different variables and uh, i'll be adding that to my
0: uh yeah, a good one
1: my list of variables we got our uh, ea yeah. honey, uh going out there with a little um please do i want some more uh, pan out there uh hopefully because we obviously had uh, Blizzard, activision blizzard selling to microsoft oh uh, i don't which,
0: think that deal. by the way i don't think that deal will go through at the share price but yeah
1: Okay, yeah. let's just say it's uh, in the works. Yeah, uh, we also have an acquisition more recently, twelve point seven billion US dollars of Zygna. Yep. Um, getting taken out by it was like, I can't remember the name. It was like two, take two or something like that. Take yeah, two. something like that.
0: Take two. Yep. I think that's right.
1: Take two. And
0: so you know, and this, Bungie, Bungie got bought by Sony as well.
1: There you go. Bungie got took up. Well, that was on my other list. So there hey. you go. So uh, I know they're out there, and they um they nearly got a deal done with american media company um but it got shut down in the end so i think they're asking too much and they also want the current ceo to stay on and everyone's kind of like why are they doing it um the value i guess they see value there at the moment um so again watch watch the space of ea Mm -hmm. um food crisis so quick update for everyone again i'm not sure if uh people have been following the food crisis but you probably have seen it in your uh, bill boom just want to throw this up and i'm going to increase the size
0: yeah
1: here is for the year-to-date increase across soybeans wheat lumber cheese palm oil i know you can't eat lumber but
0: uh <laughs> <cotton> <laughs> and rubber
1: you can't either so we'll just ignore that uh you know orange juice oats um and so we're, you know, you're looking at 70%, 60%, 70%, 40%, 50%, yeah. 90%, 30%. Um, this is playing out now. And I just want to kind of throw this to the tankers um, to just probably stay aware of this stuff um, because this is based on la- largely last year's crops. Yeah. Not this year's crops. So I know that the price, you know, the markets are forward looking. Yep. So, you know, they are looking at, you know, for instance, wheat up 77% um, or oats up 86% because these are the kind of the vital food stores around the world. But um, just kind of be, be aware on that front. Um, I think it's something that, you know, just track and, and kind of be aware of and, um, you know, that can play out both here in the supermarkets, obviously. Yeah. Um, it can provide opportunities.
0: It's also not um, a bad idea, like generally nature, but maybe just go get some of those non-perishable items and throw a few in your pantry because, like Brad said, like that's that's reflecting last year's prices and it's going to get worse. So
1: correct. And look, uh, one funny thing was uh, one of the things that's gone down in price is uh, cray crawfish in uh, China because they've had a bumper harvest. Just let you know, it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> bumper <laughs> harvest, and uh, prices are down by about 40-50 percent. So it's not all doom. And gloom. But I'm going to look. China uh, has been for the last couple of years storing food. Yep. And uh, people were thinking it's because they were getting ready to invade Taiwan and the rest of it. Mm. Um, my you know, my thoughts have changed over the last couple of weeks. Maybe they've just kind of seen the uh, the writing on the wall around supply chain since they're basically, you know, the world's biggest exporter and they um, have a big population of feed. So uh, kind of watch watch this space. But uh, I don't have anything well, else. There's one,
0: there's one more thing I want to mention, which yeah, was that I mean, you and I were discussing this during the week, that smartphone um, – Sales in China, down 30% percent year over year
1: Boom, yeah, that's right.
0: And in particular, I think Apple, um, in terms of the lockdowns, has been hit pretty hard with their production. So interesting to see what happens in that space. And You made a funny throwaway comment, like time to get those spares out of the bottom drawer. Mm. Uh, could be, yeah, the, the second-hand phone market could be going gangbusters soon. And. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, geez. Well, look, the last thing we're going to talk about, if you want to touch on it briefly, I don't know if you want to do it this one or because we did say last week we talked about the construction thing with Metricon.
1: Oh, yeah. Look, actually, look I've actually got some uh, quick quick notes on the Metricon one. So look, the um, nothing concrete has come out since, right? There's a lot of he say, she say, they say out there at the moment. Uh, they do have 4,000 properties on construction. There has been some people say, hey, look, they've paid their deposit. Um, they've got no status of their houses at the moment um i actually know a few people that work there and Mm -hmm. um again this is just hearsay right at the end of the day i've I've asked i've asked the question internally and um by no means anyone base your decisions on what i'm about to say but this is not something new internally so they've basically said that this is saying for about 12 months they've been looking at they've seen the price of lumber and everything go up they've seen the supply shortage they've seen the impacts of some of the government policies um it's only been picked up in the media you know, over the last month, really. Um, I was surprised it didn't happen more after pro build. Um, the uh, and and some information coming out from non metricon people that I know, uh, but actually work as subcontractors for for Mexicon, is that a lot of subcontractors are getting around them, uh, which is a bit different to some of the commercial builders in commercial construction rather than domestic housing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: One of the big problems actually has been labor shortages around some of the actual homes getting started and getting a status. Um, There's been a massive, uh, I guess, reduction in the amount of apprentices availability. Um, And so that kind of cheaper labor isn't there at the moment. And um, again, that's probably what that $15 billion hopefully package is focusing a little bit on construction um, and and skills and trade skills um, will help alleviate. But not in the short term, we've got a skill shortage. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, but I think the Metricon, I'm going to put my hat, my, uh, my, uh, kind of line in the sand and actually believe the Metricon will, basically kind of what I've heard, I don't think it's going to go under, but that's, again, I could be totally wrong and we're here next week enough.
0: <laughs> I, I know they're in talks with the Andrews government and I feel like it's in the best interest of everyone to not let a big company like that go under. So I feel right. like they will I think they will work something out. Um, and I think not with
1: the Andrews government though, more so around, um, Updates on the government projects because they actually do yeah. do some government. But yeah. I mean, it, it, inadvertently, they could be talking to them about, you know, showing up. I mean, they're they're the biggest builder in Australia. They got four thousand homes. Um, yeah. They got two and a half thousand direct staff, and I think it's like twenty or forty thousand kind of indirect staff. So
0: it's a lot of people. It's a lot of Aussies that. And at yeah. the moment,
1: in the current climate, I just don't. I just say I think, like you said, if it needs to go to it, it will be government support. So um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, That's right, it's uh, we all love the free market until you need a bit of help, so yeah, it's like, um, I think, yeah, and you know, and the funny thing I was just reflecting on it when you were saying it that like I feel like every time you hear about the construction or the trade industry, there's always a skill shortage, there's always an apprentice shortage. Like, why is that? Just uh, look,
1: anyway. it's been it's been happening since largely since 2007, 2008. Um, yeah. a few reasons, one is 2007 to 2000, and like to say, 11. Mm. Um, that kind of the global financial crisis really really hit construction hard.
0: hard yeah
1: and um what happened then was you know people went into other jobs and so there was kind of like a a chunk of people that should be in the workforce and skilled up that weren't there and we saw it i mean i saw it even more so in america because obviously the gsc hit america more than into australia um recession versus non-recession um and you had people that shouldn't be in a project management role and should be in a foreman role but they're in project management because of the lack of thing. So that's one thing. The yeah. other one is I think there's been um an underinvestment or a in that trades <laughs> is a um is a path equal to or better in my opinion than um going into university and college depending on the role right depending what you want to do but I think there's a lot yeah. of, I think there's you know there's still that mindset and it's changing slightly, but there is still that mindset that you know you go to school, you go to university, you come out, you go. Whereas like trades are looked at as kind of like, well, if you're not good enough for school, you go. There is still that mentality.
0: Yeah, um, it's perception thing. Yeah,
1: perception thing. And I think until we kind of fix that perception thing and re- <laughs> and realize that a lot of my wealthiest friends are <laughs> trades. said you know that as well, Arnie. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> our friends. Um, so I think it's perception under investment. I think Labour government will actually be great for this in Australia. Um again, Labor government hasn't been in since 2013. Yeah. And I'm a swing voter, everybody. So I'm not like a traditionalist Labour person. So I'm not dispuing Labour, but I definitely think it's a it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I'm a swing voter too. Um, I think it's time for a new segment? Uh, I
1: think you've uh...
0: <laughs> Where in the world is Brad said to Bodo. <laughs> I love that you got that. <laughs> my friend. That's so the good. Hat. So what does is, what is this segment consist of?
1: He that's where a really expensive hat from Amazon US. Uh, Amy asked me yesterday, um, did I order a red hat? <laughs> I said, oh, the red hat's here. She was kind of a... I love it. Just kind of uh so everybody, if you are not old enough, she didn't know what Carmen San Diego was. And that's my massage chair in the background that is popping uh, <laughs> in shop. the hat is uh running running uh wild. Running
0: with, interference. With, Mate, got to, <laughs> we maybe we'll have to bring up a picture of Carmen San Diego.
1: Yes, Let yes. Let's see if I can
0: find one. Where in the world is Carmen where in the world? Yeah, so go on. What are you? But where to are the world to Carmen San Diego? And
1: uh where am I? Well, it's quite interesting because um I wish I could actually show you. Oh, there we are. So, if you're looking right now, everybody,
0: yeah,
1: at that with a bit of massage chair in the top right-hand corner, <laughs> where are we? Well, we're on the uh, let's see, Arabian Peninsula there. Ooh. And uh, what we've got in green there, everybody, on the right-hand side is the uh, Arabian Shield and on the left-hand side, we've got the Nubian Shield. So, San Diego, Brad, uh, Arnie, what is my name?
0: Brad Santabono.
1: Bang. Brad Santabono. <laughs> Uh This is a little quick session that I'll be doing um, every week. Uh, I like to travel being 63 countries and keep knocking those ones up and we'll continue to do so. Um, and also a big geopolitical person because um, I believe there's lots of value to be had there. Um, and the one that I want to kind of quickly, one minute, sharp, short, sharp, in the future will be one minute. This one obviously has got a lot of laughing and massage shares. i have really got to get... Move that massage chair. <laughs> um, but that came, uh, everybody, on a trip back to South Korea, uh, to America, and me and uh, my partner were in the lounge, and we sent a massage chair in South Korea, and they did them right there, and we got that. But anyway, <laughs> divergence, divergence. Uh, I just want to get everybody and put onto your uh, onto your radar. Again, I'm going to give Hori a three out of three. For this one. Um, it was funny because he said, I think you, me, and Arnie need to invest in a mining company in the Nubian Shield. And I said, You've been watching the Caspian report, haven't you? And he's like guilty as charged. (laughs) Um, and so that kind of just reminded me. And for this week, boom, Nubian Shield. Everyone's probably wondering what is the Arabian Nubian Shield? Um, look, it is, uh, let me put it out there. If you're into mining and possible value in future, um, have a look at the Nubian Shield. I'll be putting a a link in the description below for a very forecasted report, one of my great channels that I follow for information. Mm-hmm. Um, it is basically one of the largest um, pre-Cambian rock formations. And what is that? Um, I think that makes up about seven out of eight uh, years of the Earth's history. So it's kind of where the mineralization occurred. Um, it's going to become the next big mining destination It involves economies of Egypt, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, Sudan um, and a bunch of others, about seven different countries, traditionally gold. So it actually was um, a big player in why the Middle East rose during the seventh century onwards um, due to their access to um, raw materials. Um, uh, The first people to kind of get in there were the Egyptians probably about, you know, four or five thousand years ago for gold deposits. Um, it used to be just gold, but um, over the last kind of five, 10 years, since miners are largely Australian and Canadian and African miners, but Australian and Canadian, you know, we love going around the world of mining. It is there. Um, strategic metals include chromite, cobalt, copper, manganese, nickel, niobium, tantalum, and uranium. A um, few things, you know, people might go over what chromite is. Chromite's crucial for super alloys that form the basis of jet turbine engines. Tantalum is vital to household electronics. Neobium is used for strengthened alloys, destined for rockets and missiles. And so you're talking about these kind of resources that probably, you know, have more application over the last 10, 20 years than ever. Mm. And these are components that are absolutely critical for them and are in short supply. And so, um, you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail on, you know, where in the world is Brad (laughs) Santamona. But um, I like to kind of just bring up interesting places to look into. Um, just, you know, For instance, Megado Gold on the ASX has um, got some gold deposits throughout there.
0: General nature. Um,
1: general nature. Um, the Arabian side,
0: yeah,
1: that one, um, is probably the one that's going to get, uh, I would say, commercialised faster than probably the other side because the Saudi government has access to money um, is valued at about 1.3 trillion so it's probably equal to nearly their uh, oil deposits at the moment at record high prices so to give you yeah, kind yeah. of a bit of a, an indication of um, the size of these things but like always I like to just point out risk right yeah, so yeah. on area. the Nubian side um, risk is all about geopolitics these are you know wars going on in Ethiopia these there's always stuff going on more on that side than on this side. And that's kind of the reason why it's been underdeveloped. Right? Yeah. But as it becomes more and more important to global suppliers, as businesses negotiate commercial contracts and actually start mines there, um, it generally does stabilize at least that region uh, because it's kind of like a win-win for everyone, mm. <laughs> um, you know, whether it's governments, dictators, whatever it be, and actual companies. So look, just, uh,
0: a something quick, to keep an eye on. Just something quick to keep a random, an eye on.
1: quick random one. Um, I think I
0: love this segment. I feel like that's that's awesome. That's a little bit that's a good little um clue that we can research and a little tidbit that's wet wets the appetite. While you're talking, just, just for the tankers, there's a 2020 release of uh Where in the World Is Come in San Diego? If you want to go and revisit <laughs> that, but that's a great segment. I love that. And I love so the I'll be
1: uh, going back to that one Oof, hat off, eh? <laughs> back to uh, my normal ego and that's, uh, it, mate.
0: that's
1: it. So the hat.
0: It's going to come out once a week. Well, at 50 50, aren't you? Yeah, we're up to 50 50, mate. So I guess, have you? I, I haven't. And we still managed to make this a very long
1: podcast somehow. Between the
0: two of us, I feel like I just love having a chat. But, I mean, <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> No, yeah, it's all good. But look, it's a
1: format that we like. We like just general chats, and hopefully, you know, you can put this on your car or when you've got like a beer after work or a coffee. I've got it.
0: have got a good 50 50 for you, and it's yes, awesome. i have come up with it on the fly. There's so only two of
1: us, so it's definitely gonna be 50 50. It's not gonna be 50 If
0: you were if you're forced to choose a beer, and I only give you two options. Oh. All right, it's four or Victoria Bitter. Oh, geez. Which one are you choosing? Four What? As a Victorian, I can't believe you uh, chose 4X. I, I
1: feel like I'm a uh, sacrilege. Well, I'm obviously blasphemy. choosing VB
0: and I'm repping, repping the state. I can't believe you. got what, what What? in the world possessed you to choose 4 <laughs> uh,
1: Vomit bombs, I just can't do. I just can't do it. Never have. Um, when our mate Timmy used to just put them away, I just looked in
0: awe. Um, Give me no beer. Could, could drink a VB?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have one and I just cannot. Whereas I can have two forexes i don't know maybe it's the heat maybe it's the heat up in queensland when i'm having them
0: no i like it well but, uh, no. that's where i am where are you on your vb aren't you vb all day bro yeah, yeah. and i guess like, you want to why train... did you choose those as the two beers i don't know i thought it'd make it difficult for you no, it was
1: difficult <laughs> but then you put vb in there and it wasn't so difficult
0: that's uh, easy choice just two bad choices for you <laughs>
1: bad choices. sorry any tankers that love those beers we don't mean any disrespect
0: uh, um
1: lovely... mate lovely doing a duo with you Yeah, thank you,
0: and thank you to the tankers for tuning in. And Jolly should be back next week, so we'll give you an update on that. Fit and healthy, fit and
1: healthy.
0: Money in the tank, episode thirty-two in the books, and we're sticking to it once a week. So once a week. Thanks very much, tankers. Thanks, tankers. you.
1: Bye.